Welcome, everybody, to Hot Takes on the Lake, the Cleveland Browns podcast by Cleveland Browns fans. My name is Josh Martin, and I am joined here by your host, as always, Nick Pompicelli. Nick, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, Thanksgiving was great, Josh. Um, I ate way too much, which is nothing new, uh, especially for Thanksgiving. I usually do that every day of the of the year besides Thanksgiving anyways. Um, and then just watch some football. So it was a, it was a pretty good day overall. How about you? Yeah, um, I think Thanksgiving was pretty good. Also, on the football side of things, it was pretty fun to watch on Thanksgiving. And my Thanksgiving weekend was pretty good up until Sunday night. And that's what we'll be talking about here today. The Browns lose to the Ravens on the road 10-16. to in a game where Baker Mayfield threw for almost 250 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Lamar Jackson throws 165 for one touchdown and four, that's right, four interceptions, and the Browns lose the game 10-16. to So there's a lot to dig into with this game. I'll, I'll just say one thing and then I'll hand it over to you, Nick. More than anything else, this game was incredibly bad just from a fan perspective. Even if you're not a Browns fan, if you're watching this just because it's the national Sunday night game, I feel bad for the rest of the country that had to watch this game. It was boring, slow, messy, and there was maybe, what, one or two big plays, uh, you know, offensively between either team. Terrible game overall for a Sunday night football game, in my opinion. But focusing on the Browns side of it, what, what were your big takeaways? Um, well, first of all, yeah, I completely agree. The game was, uh, pretty boring. Um, I know going into this year, it probably would have been a a pretty big matchup, you know, fighting for the AFC North division. Um, that's probably why it was in prime time, but that was, that turned out to be a, a pretty big regret, um, on NBC's part because the Browns looked terrible. The Ravens, you know, they've really just been lucked out, I mean, the entire year with all the injuries, and they're still managing to, to you know, be the, the champions of the AFC North and have an 8-3 and three record somehow. Um, and Mar- pretty much Lamar Jackson was trying to give this game away, it seemed like, um, with all the interceptions. Um, but, yeah, it was just a, a boring game, and especially when you have a, a boring, low-scoring game, um, but you still have a chance to win, and you still just somehow cannot find a way to get it done. It just makes it even more frustrating. Yeah, and I, I will. Uh, this is the probably the only um, excuse I'll give the Browns this whole episode. One of those interceptions was right at the end of the half. Uh, I think there may have been like a minute left or something, um, and it got to the point where there were so many turnovers back and forth that you couldn't really blame the Browns for just wanting to get out of there for that half. Beyond that, though, even if you only counted the other three interceptions, that is still three turnovers, three interceptions. Um, Baker didn't throw any, and our offense only came away from the entire game with 10 points. I think off of the turnovers, only three points. Um, Just just absolutely nuts, especially when we were never more than a touchdown uh, out of this game. Um, at least for, you know, I think maybe we were down two scores at one point and then we scored that touchdown. But when we had that last turnover, we're right there. We can, we can win this game. And then after that last turnover, even at the end of the game, we're able to force a field goal and then we get the ball back, you know, inside of two minutes 
just way too many opportunities to win this game and we didn't capitalize. Uh, we'll talk big picture about it later, but focusing more on this game, what did you think about Baker Mayfield specifically? He's obviously been the biggest storyline. You look at his stat line, not terrible, but I think the eye test kind of kind of tells you differently. Yeah, I mean, definitely we've seen Baker Mayfield play much better and much worse. Um, so this was by no means a, you know, a flat-out horrible game by Baker Mayfield, but it was not a, a great game. Um, by any stretch, by any measure, um, you know, didn't have an interception, uh, had a touchdown, which has kind of been rare, I feel like, for him this year. Um, completion percentage, not great. Um, I mean, honestly, the biggest takeaway is just how banged up and how injured he just looks on the field. Just, you know, not even in the fourth quarter when the game, you know, if you're a, a long game, um, even in the first quarter, you can just see um, he's just hobbling around out there and he just doesn't look like the same player. Um, you know, he, he's still able to kind of maneuver around in the pocket a little bit. Um, and I think that's one thing that's really underrated with him is just to, uh, you know, avoid getting hit and avoid the sack, uh, at least the first, um, the first pass rusher. I mean, he's danced around out of the pocket a lot of times this year. Um, but yeah, he just look doesn't look uh, comfortable back there. And, you know, even just after a little scramble, you know, for a couple of yards, he was just, you know, kind of limping and hobbling back to the huddle just because he's dealing with so much. So, um, you know, it wasn't a game that he lost it for us, but he definitely didn't win us the game either. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I was texting with you as well as with my brother, uh, former guest of the show, Chris, about uh, joking about Baker going into the game, and I was basically saying, like, this was his last chance. I've been a huge Baker defender. I was like, if he doesn't play well in this game, you know, I'm going to turn on him. Uh, Hulk Hogan style, like in the, the uh, NWO, but um, you know, even though I was making that joke, he ended up not really being bad or really even being the reason we lost. Um, so it's hard to come away from this blaming him. Of course, he's going to get a lot of the blame because he's the quarterback, and that's how these things go. Uh, hard to defend a quarterback when you only score ten points. But I think what's really uh, you know surprising to me was how bad our run game was, um, and. I tweeted this out earlier in the week, if you follow us on Twitter, at uh, HotTakes216. Um, but this is a, kind of a stat that I looked into because I was really um, interested in how our run game has been affecting uh, the Cleveland Browns. And it turns out that since the start of the Kevin Stefanski era, the Browns are 9-1 when Nick Chubb runs for over 100 yards. And the only one loss was the Browns' 42-47 to loss to the Chargers this year. So the only time Nick Chubb has run over 100 yards and we lost, we put up 42 points. And then even beyond that, taking the yards away from it prior to this game in the Kevin Stefanski era, the Browns are a total of 15-7 and when Nick Chubb plays at all. We have a more than 2-to-1 win ratio just with Nick Chubb on the field. And in two of those seven losses, the Browns put up 42 points in two of those games. I say all that to say this. This was one of the only times I can ever think of in the last two years that Nick Chubb is out there and Kareem Hunt is out there for, you know, just as another point. But Nick Chubb is out there and just looks completely unaffected. Now, I will say he only got the ball eight times. And we were never down like big in this game, so there's no reason to get away from the run game like we did, and we'll talk about that side of it too. But this was one of the rare times Nick Chubb just didn't have it, and it was really weird to see. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about it for you know <laughs> the entire you know duration of this podcast over the last couple of years that 
this is a, a running first team just with the offensive line and with a, you know, obviously I, I think with a top two running back in Nick Chubb, um, I kind of place him above like a guy like Christian McCaffrey nowadays just because he's so injury prone and really unreliable to stay on the field. Um, and just with the rest that, you know, got, having a guy like Kareem Hunt in there, um, he stays a lot fresher, doesn't take as many of the hits. Um, so he's one of the most valuable players in the league for his team. Um, but to have them both out there and really just not, you know, just pound the ball against the team that, yes, they were stacking the box against you, but every team is pretty much going to do that because <laughs> the running game for the Cleveland Browns is the offense. That's how the offense goes, especially with a banged-up quarterback. Um, I mean, it was that way when Baker Mayfield was 100% healthy, too. So it was really surprising um, that they, they, I mean, really Kevin Stefanski, because he's the play caller, um, went away with the with the run uh, just so easily. It's like, you know, he tried a couple of times, didn't have success. He's like, okay, well, Baker Mayfield's going to try to win this uh, win this game for us, even though, like we said, he's been dealing with so many injuries and he's been so inconsistent this this entire season. Um, you can't really rely on him at the moment to to win a game, and even in the crunch time. I mean, he hasn't come through in the opportunities to win games so far in his career. So I don't really understand why he did that. Um, and, I mean, you and I have even talked about it, I mean, at length. Again, I, I feel like a broken record. But a lot of times in, like, the first half when, you know, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb aren't, you know, really running all over the field or anything like that, um, but we're, and we're still in the game when we have an opportunity to run the ball, the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, is where those guys, we lean on them so much, and they're really able to wear down a defense and break off some big runs and really kind of get the running game going to either put a game away or kind of put us back into a game. So even in the second half where this game was still up for grabs for either team um, to not run the ball more than 15 times between the two of them is just flat-out unacceptable. Yeah, and, you know, just as much as we depended Baker, or at least myself, I'll speak for myself, you know, we've also been, you know, kind of, you know, defending Kevin Stefanski throughout this year, at least. Obviously, last year is what it was, but this year, you know, week after week, you start to hear a little bit of chirping on Twitter, a little bit of the media, you know, what's going on with Stefanski, what's going on with their play calling. And most of it I've just kind of shoot away as, you know, injury troubles, Baker troubles, all of those things. This was the first game where, from an offensive standpoint, we basically had everyone out there. You can say what you want about Baker's health, but basically everyone out there and our play calling was just bad. And there was just no excuse for it. Um, You know, I don't know if it's Kevin Stefanski's fault if, you know... Our receivers can't get open. That could be another discussion. But giving up on the runs so poorly, the runs that we did have, not well designed. Um, Baker actually had some um, play-action boots uh, in this game, which he hasn't done a lot of, I think, because of his injuries. But he actually had a few of those in this game, and he and they worked when we did them. And then we just don't do them. <laughs> like, we'll do them <laughs> once or twice, and he gets these deep, deep passes, and then we just stop. It's just also confusing, and you know, this podcast is from a fan's perspective. We're not, you know, play callers, but it's hard to think that this is the best way to be calling plays, um, you know, for the team. And, you know, I'm not one to just be like, all right, give up the play calling, give it to someone else, you know, so quickly. Um, But it's, yeah, it's hard to defend. Yeah, and I mean, again, like you said, we're coming from a fan's perspective, so we can be emotional at times, but I mean, I am fully on the give Alex Van Pelt the the keys to the offense at this point. Um, I think Kevin Stefanski just has 
too much to manage on both sides of the ball. Um, that I think he's just maybe overthinking himself and psyching himself out or whatever the issue is. Um, but clearly I, I think that even though he, yes, he probably is a, you know, a proud guy and doesn't want to, you know, make it seem like he's admitting he was a failure as a play caller. I think it's in the best interest of the interest of the team right now for him just to give up play calling, give it to Alex Van Pelt, let him run the offense and just have Kevin Stefanski be, you know, the leader of the entire team because the entire team from top to bottom has problems. It's not just the offense, um, especially with the damn penalties. Oh, my God. That that whole sequence with the 12 men on the field on back-to-back plays, legal formation on a kick return, um, it, it was just embarrassing. I mean, even Jerome Boger, the referee, was laughing at one point because he had to call another penalty on the Browns. Um, I mean, that's just a lack of discipline, and I really want him to – you know, start chewing into these guys a little bit. I, I know he's pretty even keeled um, and very much like Belichick in his press conferences. He doesn't really give you much to work with as far as sound bites. Um, but I really think he just needs to start ripping into these guys and, you know, getting on their asses about this stuff because it's just getting out of hand and it's so detrimental to the team. So I really think that he has a lot more stuff to worry about than just the offense. So let the OC, you know, call the plays. Um I think he will do a much better job of not having Baker Mayfield throw the ball 40 times when he's so injured um, and really just go with our strengths, which is the running game. Um, And again, for Baker Mayfield, you know, it wasn't a terrible game. It wasn't a great game, but you know, to his credit, most of the receivers were not getting open at all on the, on the offense. I mean, Njoku was getting open a few times. Harrison Bryant had a nice catch. Um, Landry had 111 yards for sure and you know a 40-yard catch, but still, for the most part, it, it didn't seem like the receivers were getting open at all. So um, I, I really think this is a game where you could have just ran the ball right down their throat and just, you know, wore down that defense because you saw offensively, you know, our defense played well most of the game. Um, besides that garbage pa- touchdown and, and long pass to Mark Andrews, um, they really just bottled up this this offense, and uh, you know it was right there for the taking. Yeah, and you said it about the defense. Um, I'm not going to say much about the defense for this game, um, just because I mean you know there are things that we could criticize, but I think overall, I mean JOK probably had his best game so far. 13 total mm-hmm. tackles with a half sack. Uh, you know. Players were stepping up. Obviously, the four four interceptions, you know, jumps off comes to mind um, immediately. Miles Garrett got, you know, a sack as well, uh, you know, per typical Miles Garrett. So we're facing the Ravens, the number one seed right now in the AFC, I believe, at this point. And, um, you know, we, we held them to 16 points with four turnovers. And that is also with the Ravens absolutely dominating the time of possession. They had 37 minutes. Uh, of the ball. Brown's only having just under 23. So that big of a uh, time of possession discrepancy and we still hold them to 16 points, I'll take that, you know, anytime. So that's why I'm not even really going to dive into the defense that much on this one. It really was just a complete offensive failure. Um, uh, if there was ever a game where Lamar Jackson was just not in it for whatever reason, whether, whether it was you know, him missing that game because of this illness that we don't really know about, or maybe he just had a bad game, or our, de- our it was truly our defense stepping up, um, or just Joe Woods, who knows? Uh, but either way, if there was ever a game where they were just literally handing it over to our offense to do the bare minimum to win the game, it, you know, we couldn't capitalize. And this isn't, you know, week one, like against the Ravens last year, or this isn't a week five game. 
Our season was basically on the line here. A divisional game against the Ravens, the leader of our division, we're 6-5, and five, and we lose this easily winnable game. That's what makes it all so disappointing. So, uh, you know, I'm ready to kind of jump over to the more bigger picture for the rest of the season, but was there anything else you wanted to say about this game in particular? Um, I guess the only thing I'll, I'll say about the defense real quick is that JOK looks like the steal of the draft. Um, I know they were hyping up Patrick Queen on the on the Baltimore side, and he's a good young player too, but JOK really does just fly around the field, and I think this is a, a perfect game where you need a guy like that to kind of neutralize Lamar Jackson um, and that that high-powered offense and just kind of spy on him every now and then. Um, but, yeah, he, he's looking like an absolute uh, just perfect pick um, and just – you know, really just a shot of adrenaline to this linebacking core, which was a real weak spot last year for sure. Absolutely. I, he looks better. I mean, I was excited for him when we, when we drafted him from the highlights I saw from college, and he's, you know, looked better every time he's had one of these games where he's either starting or has a lot of playing time. He's been making the most of it. The commentators were kind of slobbering all over him as well, so that's <laughs> that's always good to see. Um Real quick, I did want to bring up the the Browns' two turnovers in the game. We did have two, even though we didn't throw any interceptions. We lost two fumbles. The Jarvis Landry one on the trick play, of course, in the moment, I was pissed. And I'm like, why are we running a trick play where our receiver's throwing the ball? He's not a quarterback. That's why he got sacked and fumbled. But, you know... With Jarvis Landry specifically, it's worked in our favor so many times that, I, you know, looking back on it, I feel like you kind of have to take the, the risk with the reward with how much it's worked out. So I'm not that mad about that one, but obviously any turnover sucks. The Baker one, though, probably the worst turnover I've ever seen from him. I mean, the ghost fumble, that was like Johnny Manziel, Brandon <laughs> Whedon territory. That I felt like I was, you know, we, we say a lot of hyperbolic, like, oh, this is the old Browns. Like, no, that was the old Browns on that fumble. Uh, people people have dumb plays. I'm not going to hold it over him, you know, moving forward. But, wow, that was bad. Yeah, I mean, I was at the, the Lions game at home where Brandon Whedon did that little flip out to the sideline and got picked off for a pick yeah. six. So I, I we've seen our, our fair share of bad quarterback play um, and bad play in general from the Browns. But, yeah, that was completely terrible because, I mean, Kareem Hunt was wide open for a screen and he was going to be gone if he got that. So um, really uncharacteristic, especially with the, the amount of screens that we'd like to run. Um, and yeah, just a, one of those sloppy games where <laughs> it seemed like each team was just kind of trying to give the, give the game away. It seemed like, yeah, it, it is what it felt like. And you know, this is not true. I am 100% sure this isn't true, but it was, you know, all this stuff you've been hearing the media about like the locker room being split over the OBJ thing. Uh, it's like, you could look at this game with how many drops there were and be like, are the receivers trying to sabotage Baker Mayfield? Like, that's how bad it looked. It was so bad and so incompetent that it was almost like, these are NFL players. They can't all be this bad. Um, but then when you, of course, ever think about that for more than two seconds, it's like, why would they risk their own career to sabotage their quarterback? It doesn't really make any sense. But just to the initial, you know, feeling you get is like, how are they this bad? Like, that's how bad it looked. Um so, yeah, moving forward, tell me your thoughts, Nick, because I'm going to be blunt. I'm usually the optimistic one here, I feel like. I think our season's over. That's that's my perspective. How do you feel? I feel the same way. Um, I feel like the season was over. Um, if you had any chance to salvage, I wasn't confident going into the Ravens game for sure. Um, and I thought it was a, a long shot. But now, after that game and after the performance they, they put out there, um, I, I think it's pretty much done. And it's, it's just sad because I know – I remember you and I talking within the first couple of weeks this season and saying, yeah, I mean, the defense is pretty shaky at times, but this offense can 
just you know score 30 points in their sleep so at least we have that but now they've struggled to even put together you know barely double digits and you know go over you know 14 to 17 points in the last number of games so i mean the offense which we thought was going to be the one consistent is just completely broken and it's actually kind of reversed the defense is a lot more solid now but it doesn't help when the offense can't do anything on on their side of the ball not the defense just has to stay out there i mean the last two drives going three and out and then four and out and then even on the last drive i know it's tough with you know a minute left and no timeouts but again this is the last thing i'll say about the game it's just so frustrating like the only play that we get off is a pass to Njoku for six yards. It's like every other team that is in that situation, they at least get it to midfield and, you know, try, you know, a half-assed, you know, Hail Mary that, you know, probably gets batted down or like a long field goal that, you know, is just a little out of the range of the kicker. But, no, we don't even have a shot at it. We just get six yards and then, boom, Ravens get the ball and just take a knee and, and the game is over. So I think this was really the nail in the coffin for our season, unfortunately. Yeah, and it was, I mean, for anyone that listens, you know, listen to our last episode, you're going to say, oh, well, you both predicted the Ravens to win, and you predicted them to win, you know, by more than a touchdown. Uh, you know, we did, but in my opinion, it's more about the way the game played out, you know, because if when you're facing a, a team as good as the Ravens, there's always a chance, you know, if your team's not at the top of their game, that you go out and just get beat. You know, that happens, and if we had lost this game like, like either of us had predicted, but we looked competent, we just got beat, I think we both probably would have been pretty pessimistic coming on here but I don't think we'd be in so hopeless for the rest of the season but you know we we did predict we would split with the Ravens at the beginning of the year but the way that we looked watching the game against a team that did not seem to want to win uh talking about the Ravens we seem to want to win even less or we're just so incompetent that we couldn't beat a team that didn't want to win so how are we supposed to expect to beat the Ravens you know next week when they presumably are going to play better and not throw four interceptions or beat, you know, the Raiders who have been decent this year, the Steelers or the Bengals again, the Packers. It doesn't make any sense that we would win any of those games. Uh, I'm not going out on a limb just yet to predict we're going to lose out, but I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, I think the only chance that we really have, uh, the the real good chance, is that Raiders game at home. Um, Other than that, I could see... The Ravens game next week, um, that could be another loss easily. The Packers, <clears throat> I have no confidence uh, going into Lambeau on, on Christmas Day. Uh, Steelers, I mean, my God, I, I watched that Bengals game, and we should kick their ass, and we should have the first time. But, I mean, my God, <laughs> I really just don't have any confidence for our offense to score on them at all. Um, I mean, that team just looks so broken, especially with Big Ben. Just look, watching them play so terribly, I'm like – how do we still manage to lose to this damn team? It's just so <laughs> infuriating. And again, I mean, the Bengals game might have been an um, you know anomaly. I don't have any confidence against them at the end of the season either. So, really, besides that Raiders game, which I feel like you never know which Raiders team is going to show up. Um, you know, it could be one and four the rest of the way out, unfortunately. Yeah, and I will say, if, if there's any fan base that deserves to be more angry this year than the Browns, it's probably the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, they've just, uh, you know, That's t- fair. That's fair. they beat us, but, you know, tying with the Lions, losing, like, in that fashion to a, another division opponent in the uh, Bengals, and obviously their p- postseason, uh, you know, chances are also basically done. Um, 
the only thing I really say is that they, I mean, we have a question at quarterback, but they had a question at quarterback in a little bit of a different way, um, you know, of, of whether or not Big Ben is, you know, still has it. I think maybe this season has answered that for them. Uh, that's really maybe the only upside to that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let them also be a pretty angry fan base at this point. Yeah, I mean, just watching Big Ben, he can't even move out there. He can't throw the ball. Their only, their only offense is Najee Harris. That's it. Um, and I know he tore us up, but I mean, if you just game plan for that guy, I mean, there's no way Big Ben is going to beat you at this stage of his career. He is completely done. Um, and yeah, I would be frustrated as a Steelers fan just watching that. Um, and I would kind of, I would kind of feel bad because you know Mason Rudolph isn't anything good either behind him. So I don't really know who they're going to replace Big Ben with. But I think this is definitely the end for them. But they still managed to just eke out a, a close win against us. It's just even the more frustrating watching how they played against. Uh, against Cincinnati this past weekend. Yeah, I can absolutely agree to that. Um, moving on with the rest of the season, though, uh, we, we you know, we kind of brought it up um, in kind of in a number of ways hinting at it, but the rest of the schedule after this bye week is the Ravens um, at home. And then we have our last two out-of-division games for the year versus the Raiders at home and then at Green Bay on Christmas Day against the Packers. Then we have at the Steelers on Monday night football. And then we face the Bengals at home to end the season. I said I wouldn't be surprised if we lose out. You you mentioned that, you know, we might go one and four. My realistic expectation for these last games is to go two and three. Um, I, I do have a feeling that, you know, we can beat the Steelers actually. Um, just because of how bad I feel like they might just fall apart as the, as the season goes on. Um, and... If we're if we're very defeated, I could see us losing to the Bengals at the end of the year. If they are, if they have a chance to get in and have reason to play, and we don't, I could see that being a reason we lose to them. But I feel like we're either going to beat them or beat the Raiders. I don't think we're going to lose both of those home games. So realistically, I'm going to predict we go two and three in this last stretch. But that puts us at eight and nine. Huge disappointment, losing season, terrible, not where we want to be. How about you? Yeah, I, I would say. For sure, I think we can beat the Raiders. Um, and then, I mean, like I said, we should beat the Steelers, but I just don't have any confidence in that. Um, I'm, I'm probably with you if our, our only hope is, you know, if the Bengals have the AFC, obviously they'll probably make the playoffs. Uh, but if they have the division locked up, um, I'm not sure where they stand as far as them in Baltimore right now. But. Um, you know, if they're playing their backups, I mean, whoever they are, then obviously we could still have a chance to win that game for sure. Um, I mean, if Baker Mayfield even plays in that game, even if it's Case Keenum, I think we can we can pull that one off. But um, just the way this offense looks so bad and just with the, you know, I'm so disappointed in Kevin Stefanski and his play calling and just the decisions he's been making lately, especially this past week. Um, I just don't really have any confidence in any of these games, really. So I would predict probably... I would say I, if I had to put money on it, I would go one and four. Um, I, I think two and three is definitely a, a realistic possibility for sure. But I mean, I I, I just think you're going to get destroyed against the Packers for sure. So I think any momentum that you that you you know garner over the next couple of weeks is just going to be zapped right there. Um, and then I feel like Pittsburgh in prime time that could just be another embarrassment if this offense shows up the way they did this past week. Yeah. I can't disagree with any of that. So, uh, you know, I hope I'm wrong. Look, nothing is set in stone. Who knows? Maybe 
our whole team decides to somehow come together and we end up, you know, winning out and going, uh, what would that be? 11 and six at this point. Um, mm-hmm. that would be nuts. I would, I would love that. Um, I just don't really see that happening with how our team's been playing. The one thing I will say that looks good, you know, is our health, uh, outside of Baker Mayfield for the first time this season, really everyone seems to be healthy. Um, Jack Conklin, you know, he finally comes back and immediately has another serious injury. So, I don't know what the deal is there. Unfortunate for that guy. Obviously, it's hard to blame someone for being injured, but uh, very unfortunate to see that. Um, but as far as our running backs, our skill players, and most of our O line, you know, it's it's starting to come together at least from a health perspective. And that you know we can't discount that. That really has been you know a big problem this year. And it's hard to think if we were fully healthy all year, you know, maybe we're sitting here uh, at eight and four, you know, just take away two of those close losses, you know, and and we're looking completely different on the season, but that's just not how things went this time. Yeah. I mean, we were talking realistic Super Bowl possibility that before the season started and now we're here, you know, at six and six and basically saying that the season is over um, and we we could lose out. Um, You know, injuries aside, I, I think the most important one, is Baker Mayfield for sure. Um, if he had a healthy full year, I know we, we barely saw that. What did he get injured? The Texans game or the bears game? I can't remember. I think it was the Texans game. I believe so. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. Though. Yeah. So, I mean, he had basically a game and a half, if that, um, of being completely healthy. Um, and I mean, we saw how he came out against Kansas city. I know Kansas city's defenses look really bad this year, but I mean, you know, if he's 100% healthy, that's how he's supposed to look against a bad defense, take advantage of it, and he did. So, you know, you're only left to wonder how good that could have been, um, you know, if he had a, a healthy, a full healthy season. Um, you know, the other guys are, are important as well, especially Kareem Hunt being out multiple weeks for sure. Um, but I think it really just starts with him and how this offense really just hasn't looked the same since he got injured, um, and they've just been so damn inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's also, uh, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's typical sometimes to look at a season like this and, you know, be really negative on it. But, you know, I think when you look back on it, maybe a few years from now, um, or even next year, depending on how next year goes, you know, you you can uh, look on this and be like, you know, it could have been a completely different season if we're healthy. And I think there's a lot of teams or, you know, every year in the NFL that could say that. Sometimes I think it's an excuse, but sometimes I think it's legitimate. And I think that there's a chance that the Browns this year, although all of the flaws we've talked about are all legitimate, I do think part of it, you know, is true. That if, if we were a completely healthy team this year, you know, it could have been different. But we just got a little bit of a raw deal on that end. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I, I think this this season hasn't been as frustrating Um it definitely it's been frustrating let, let me say it it hasn't been but um I, I feel like 2019 was even more frustrating um just because the expectations were so high i mean like i said this this off season we were thinking possible super bowl too so the expectations were, were still high for sure but i think just with the with the injuries um it's no excuse you, you definitely have to you know you have to move past it and just you know do the best you can and, and just you know really can't just you know, chalk up the entire season to, to injuries. But I really think um, just if we were healthier, especially just at the quarterback position, you know, if everything else would, would have played out the same and Baker Mayfield just had a completely healthy season, 
Um, I really think we'd be in a different spot and we wouldn't be talking about the season, you know, practically being over, even though there's still five games left in the season. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, anything else you want to say? Uh, obviously, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully, back at the two episodes per week. Um, honestly, though, with how the season goes, you know, <laughs> we'll see. You know, it's hard to come on here and have the interest to do two full episodes a week when we're playing as bad as we have been. Uh, obviously, we've been busy as well this year, so things have been a little bit uh, not as steady as they were at the beginning of the season. But um, you know, we'll hopefully get back to that next week. Was there anything else, Nick, you want to say before we head head out for this one? No, uh, that's pretty much it. That's just where we are right now at this point. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Twitter at always uh, at Hot Takes Two One Six, um, Instagram and Twitter at Hot Takes on the Lake. Uh, we'll be live tweeting again during the uh, during the Ravens game. Hopefully, uh, it, it, we're able to pull out the win, but it just doesn't seem that way. Hopefully, the long rest maybe uh, helps a little bit, but just with the way the season has gone, I wouldn't be surprised if we come out there looking exactly the way we did this past weekend, but we'll talk to you guys next week and um, yeah, just please go Browns.